0: Welcome
1: to the Will and Aaron Show. This is William Kramer. I'm with my co-host Aaron Bontrager. And we talk about local sports, including the Northern Indiana Conference and the Northern Lakes Conference, plus teams in St. Joseph and Elkhart Counties. We also cover college and pro sports. Today we're going to talk about high school basketball, college basketball, and the NBA, along with a little bit of high school football news. Today is February 26, 2023, and we are recording our 28th episode. So, Aaron, let's start with topic number one, and that is Indiana High School Boys basketball with the Northern Lakes Conference notes from this past week.
0: All right, let's start with number one, Northwood. They're now 21 and 2. Uh, they played really well and beat number seven, Washington, 62 to 34. You know, I watched some of this game, Washington's defense was pretty good early. But they turned the ball over a lot uh Northwood hit some threes, and Brock Bonchego's was getting it done kind of their glue guy. He was cutting off the ball, got some high percentage looks inside he scored fourteen points, one of his better games of the year um so Northwood was had a thirty three to fourteen lead a half, and they used a sixteen day run to really put it out of reach in the second half uh. You know, Traeger and J.J. Payne really bottled up Stephen Reynolds. And also the length in their 3-2 zone caused some problems for Washington. Pretty much what you pointed out, Will, that length bothers Washington.
1: Yeah, Aaron, Northwood's size and length was an issue for sure. Got to give credit to Northwood's defense. So uh, Coach Wolf and company did a great job of, uh, as you mentioned, keeping Sever- Stephen Reynolds to zero points. And uh Marcus Northern only had six points entering the fourth quarter and uh he did add twelve points in the fourth quarter, but that was when the game was uh well out of reach. So a a big night for the Northwood Panthers and a, a good showing against against Washington.
0: Yeah, definitely. And they followed that up with uh they pounced on Elkhart sixty one to thirty. That was last Friday night. Ethan Wolfe led Northwood with nineteen points, which included Five makes from beyond the arc. So the Panthers are rolling as they go back to the pit, the Panther pit, and look to win their fourth straight sectional. Moving on to Warsaw is now 14-9. and nine. Uh, They had Tippy Valley in on senior night, and they played the spoiler. The Vikings won 58-57. Nolan Cumberland shot with about 12 seconds to go proved to be the difference. You know, this game was really back and forth. Uh, the third quarter alone had eight lead changes. Drew Heckman led the Tigers with 16 points and six rebounds. Jackson Gold and Luke Bricker were the other two players in double figures for Warsaw. Um, so Warsaw uh, <laughs> responded from that tough loss and got a win in their final regular season game at 4-wing Carroll, 60-49. to This was a highly competitive game, uh, and Warsaw had a really big fourth quarter to kind of seal the deal. Uh, so yeah, both teams look like they're ready for postseason play. Sophomore Luke Bricker had himself a game against Carroll. He started the game 2-3 of three from deep, and he would finish the game with 18 points on four three-pointers made. Another sophomore for Warsaw had a big game was Trey Davis. He had a huge impact on the offensive boards. It kind of led to pivotal second-chance points for Warsaw. Uh, both teams traded blows for the first three quarters, but... Jackson Gould had a six point or a six straight point stretch in the fourth quarter to kind of put Warsaw out in front to get the win. Mishawaka is now 17 and six. Mishawaka lost a pen 85 to 44 last Tuesday night as expected.
1: You know, Marcus Burton had 34 points and Joe Smith chipped in 19 for the Kingsmen.
0: Yeah, and then on Friday night, uh, Mishawaka. Bounced back and beat St. Joe 63-60 to in overtime. With that win, they have their best record since 2006. And Anthony Nelson hit a big three to force overtime. And they, were, they came and were able to close it out on the road an extra time. You know, uh, Brady Fisher was back in the lineup, his first game back from his injury. He only scored six points, but I think the bigger impact was, from what I saw a little bit of this game, he provided... The hustle plays, rebounding, some intensity that really helped Mishawaka in this game. And Arthur Jones led the way in scoring with 15 points for Mishawaka. All right, Northridge, 13-10. Uh, Coach Radicker got his 300th win against Fairfield on the road, 66-54. Mason Bale scored 24, and Alex Ellenson added 15 in that game. Uh, then they also pulled away from DeKalb the, uh, against the Barons, 45-35 to in Middlebury on Friday night as well. DeKalb's kind of had a rough year. They've only won six games. But they really came out early and attacked the Northridge Press. One player in particular, Caden Pettis, he he kind of got behind the Northridge Press at least four or five times and scored on a like a football, baseball-style pass to him and they hit him in stride, and he would convert layups, it seemed like, at least four or five times the whole game. He actually outscored the Raiders 8-3 to in the first quarter, and he would finish the game with 19 points for DeKalb. Uh, Northridge did cut back into the game. They were only down 16 to 13 half. The third quarter really is where Northridge took over. Their offense got into gear. Uh, they started the quarter with a 3, ended it with a 3. And only held DeKalb to six points. And the Raiders would also score 15 more in the fourth quarter. Um, or I'm sorry, 17 more in the fourth quarter to close out the game. Uh, so yeah, uh, Mason Bale, or I'm sorry, Ellinson and Nolan Bales led the way with 12 and 11 points apiece. And moving on to Concord, 11 and 10, the Minutemen got a nice win against John Glenn, 60 to 48. Behind Braden Messengers, 26 points. You know, Concord was down. They came, overcame a 32-27 to 27 halftime deficit. They would outscore the Falcons 33-16 in the second half. So Bryson
1: Hanna had 22 points. And Chase Miller, 12. In uh, a losing
0: cause for John Glenn. And then uh, Concord... Finished off their final game at Topeka to face Westview. And Concord lost a close one, 40-36. Goshen, next up, uh, finishes 11-11 before sectionals. The Redhawks lost the number six Chargers of West Noble, 52-44 earlier last week. You know, Goshen kept it kind of close, but didn't quite do enough to get the win. Uh, Goshen were led by Deacon Hill, Quinn Bechtel, were the only double-figure scorers for the Red Hawks. They did follow that up with a nice win, a really nice win, as they spoiled John Glenn's senior night, 66-41. to 41. You know, they were up 40-12 a half, and um, made it, maybe their most impressive win in some time. I uh, heard Coach Wolfer talking on a radio broadcast after the game, how he was really impressed, as he should be, uh, they really were able to limit Bryce and Hannah. They doubled the post. Gage Worthman scored 24 points. Quinn Backtolat at 15. Goshen shot nine of 18 from three, so they were on fire from downtown. And they also took care of the ball, played solid defense, which is you know a good recipe for a win.
1: Yeah, that's a, that's a great showing there by Goshen. Uh, Joseph Louis and Bryce and Hannah had 10 points apiece for the Falcons. Uh, Interesting enough, Aaron, John Glenn is now 0-3 against NLC this season. Uh, And, uh, you know, Goshen, I'm sorry, John Glenn, uh, if you look at their schedule, you know, they've beaten the teams, the weaker teams, but when it comes to some more solid competition uh, this year, uh, they're not winning those games like, like they did last year. Yeah.
0: All right, Plymouth is now 10-12. They finished the se- the regular season 10-12. They got a nice win, a big win against St. Joe, 58-56 on Tuesday night. This game went down to the wire. Plymouth made the late clutch plays to get the win. Uh, St. Joe tied it up with less than 35 seconds. Then Davis Ray for Plymouth stole the ball, found Michael Shealy in the paint. About 10 seconds to go as he put it up and in. Uh, the Pilgrims had four players in double figures in this game. Michael Shealy had 14. Strain had 12. Ellery, 12. And Preston Wolf added 10 points.
1: For the St. Joe Indians, Chase Kinesi had 21 points. Brashawn Woods had 13. Uh, Plymouth for
0: St. Joe into 16 turnovers. Yeah, they really stifled them on defense in that one. Um then at home on Thursday night, they won against New Prairie fifty-two to forty-one. So the Pilgrims jumped out to a really big lead, twenty to four, at the end of the first quarter by hitting six threes. And Easton Strain had three of those. The Cougars would, however, outscore Plymouth in the second half. But you know that first quarter deficit was just too much for New Prairie to overcome. Strain led the way with 18 points and 10 boards. Davis Ray was the other pilgrim and double figure scoring with 16. The new Prairie win was Coach Grindle's 100th win as a head coach. Congrats to the pilgrims on a nice week getting those two non-conference wins. Yeah, Coach Grindle is a class act. He's actually a
1: former Bethel pilot uh, men's basketball player himself. Uh, So, Coach. Congratulations on your 100th win, and I agree, Aaron. Uh, this is an impressive
0: week if you're a uh, Plymouth Pilgrim fan. For sure, and uh, Wallace Sea finishes the season 9-13. The Warriors beat East Noble 62-46. to Junior Colin Zebarth had 25 points. 15 of those came in the second half to help Wallace Sea. Uh, deny any uh, any upset attempt by East Noble and the Irvingham brothers combined for 24 points as well. So, Coach Irvingham's guys pulled away at the end on a 9-0 run to really close out that game. Uh, real briefly here we're going to go by uh, record-wise other teams in Elkhart, St. Joe County. Uh, LaVille finishes their season 14-9, 4-3 in their conference, so th- they finished third place in the Hoosier North Conference, and they did so by f- uh, getting a win over Lighthouse CPA. Bethany Christian is now 13-10. and 10. They tied for first place in the Hoosier Plains Conference with uh, Lakeland Christian, and they finished off their season with a loss to Fremont. And Fairfield is now 8-14. and 14. They were 5-5 five and five in the NECC, so they finished in the bottom half of that conference. They finished with a loss against Northridge, like we mentioned earlier, and then they dropped a game to Central Noble, who uh, really put it on the Falcons. And Central Noble's having a really solid year, finished in second place behind West Noble in the NECC, and finally Elkar Christian, 7-15, this finished the season, regular season, two and three in their conference. And the Eagles lost their final two games to Clay by a score of sixty to fifty. And then at Argos, Argus, my bad, fifty-four to forty-one.
1: Okay, well, thank you, Aaron, for the NLC updates, plus some other schools in our area. I'm gonna focus now on recapping this past week from the NIC, uh fourth ranked. I'm sorry, second ranked Penn and class 4A. They're 23 and 1 so far in the year. Uh, they dismantled Merrillville, 94 yeah. to 49. Marcus Burton had 28 points. Uh, Joe Smith added 22 and Julian Garwood 16. Class 3A, second ranked Mishawaka Marion. They're 22 and 2 and now they're uh, 10-1 in the NIC. They beat Elkhart, 66-41. Uh, Deglin Sullivan scored 16 points. Zion Rose, 14, and Johnson Price, 13. Elkhart was led by seniors Ronnie Gates, 16, and Jacob Wendy, 15. Uh, Marion beat Tippecanoe Valley, 58-53. Uh, this could be a potential regional rematch. The Vikings are a solid team. Noah Cumberland and Tade Kaiser will play college basketball somewhere, uh small level basketball, college basketball is what it is. Uh but they have a a raw freshman named uh Steven Akase. I probably said that wrong, apologize. He is very athletic, uh, big strong, has some skill. Uh he impacted Marion's driver's ability to finish around the basket. Uh, Deglin was efficient, still attacking the rim or attacking the paint. Uh, Darion hit two threes in the first half. Uh, Marion switched from their two-three zone to one-three-one zone, kind of making Tippecanoe Valley offense really work for their shots. Uh, this was a close game up until uh, really the last minute or so in the fourth quarter, uh, where the Knights were able to pull away slightly.
0: Yeah, uh, that's a big win. Nice one for Marion. That would be an interesting regional matchup. You know, Tippy Valley is a tough team to beat, I think.
1: Yes, yes. Uh, would love to see that rematch. South Bend, Washington sixteen and five. They beat Fort Wayne North sixty-eight sixty-seven. Eric Nocentelli had had twenty points. Steven Reynolds iced the game. Uh, from the free throw line, hitting uh, two free throws to to win the game there. Stop and Riley, they're 13 9. They beat Bowman Academy 61 59 in overtime. Mansell Hill led the Wildcats with 20 points. Marvin Schindler added 16. Riley went on a, uh, they went perfect 11 11 from the free throw line. Hill had six steals. Uh, Riley probably should have won by a larger margin if it wasn't for their 21 tur- turnovers that mm-hmm. kept this game close than it probably should have been. Stopping Clay is 11-11 overall, 4-7 in the conference. Uh, they beat Elkhart Christian 50-40. Shaquille Edwards had 17 points. Amir Harris added 14. Uh, and he also had 9 rebounds and 5 assists, so a good day overall for him. Clay lost to Laporte 85-45. to Laporte led 23-8 after the first quarter and just kind of went downhill for the Colonials
0: after, there, after that Yeah, that's tough. Come out like that and then lose.
1: Very much indeed. Kinda, especially after that nice win against Alcart Christian, all the good vibes, and all of a sudden you get smashed in the face by a very solid Laporte team. Kind of comes back down to earth. So we'll see yeah. what the Colonials do next week. Stopping Adams are seven and thirteen overall, three and eight. And I see uh, They beat Maryville, 63-57. This is a little, a little bit of a surprise to me. Uh, mm-hmm. Last week, we talked to Aaron about how this team, how would this team respond to Coach Johnson's situation? Uh, well, I think we've got to credit the coaching staff and players for coming together and beating the Pirates here.
0: For sure. Definitely sounds like they rallied together.
1: So, Britton Van had 28 points. Big night for the senior guard there. Bremen 2-20, uh, they went 0 for 11 in a conference play. You know, Aaron, it is hard to beat the same team twice in the same season, mm-hmm. let alone by the same score, but that is exactly what <laughs> Triton did to Bremen, winning 43-42. to 42. Uh, Bremen had a 24-18 edge going into the final quarter. Uh, they practically led most of the game, but Triton kept chipping away and chipping away until they finally went ahead late in the game. Baylor Orcutt had 12 points for the Lions. um, And they did salvage this week, past week, by beating Culver 35 32 on senior night. Baylor Orcutt had 14 points in the winning cause. So uh, the NLC won the NIC NLC challenge this season 27 wins to just 15 losses. Uh, The NLC from the middle to the bottom is just. Better right now than the NIC's middle middle to the bottom teams. You know, it'll be interesting to see if the NIC can close the gap next year.
0: Yeah, no doubt. I agree. Well what is our top ten looking like this week?
1: So at number ten, we have John Glenn, nine, is Goshen eight, is Northridge seventh, Mishawaka, sixth, Riley, fifth, Warsaw. Fourth is Washington, third is Marion, second is Northwood, and first is Penn. Okay. What are your thoughts on the uh, poll this uh, week?
0: Yeah, I think we have Goshen moving up, John Glenn down after their their face off or matchup, and then Glenn dropped two games this week, so. And I think the top teams have made this somewhat of an easier exercise this year. What do you think, Will? <laughs> yeah,
1: very much easier. Uh, there really wasn't any movement from teams one through five. Uh, yeah. Six through ten, there was some movement. I, you, you could argue that Riley Mishawaka have been steady there in the middle of the pack. Yeah. Um. Uh, but uh. Yeah. Uh. Not much movement up the top for sure. Let's take our first break. When we come back, we'll talk topic number two, Indiana high school girls basketball state
0: finals. You can listen to the Will and Aaron Show podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music. Follow us on Twitter at WillAaronShow. You can follow the Will and Aaron Show Facebook page where you can interact by commenting, liking, sharing, and reviewing our podcast.
1: Welcome back to the Will and Aaron show. Uh, wow, we had two teams from Elkhart County, Aaron, down yeah. at uh, Indianapolis for the state final. Let's start with Bethany Christian Bruins, and they had a face off against a very um, tall team in Lanesville, um, and Lanesville jumped out to a 5-0 lead right off the get-go, uh, and they never trailed after that point. You know, size was the difference. But I think Oops. it got as close as 20-13, to 13, but an 8-0 run put Lanesville up for good. Now, Lanesville had a massive 40-18 to 18 lead early in the third quarter, but like they've done all season long, the Bruins just kept battling back. And they actually got within 12 points at 48-36 after Eva Horning made a three-pointer. But, you know, unfortunately, that was as close as they would get the rest of the way. Now, Lanesville did have a 34-10 advantage in the paint. Zoe Williams led Bethany with 17 points, um, but uh, uh, Lanesville won 61-40. to 40. Uh, Aaron, what a season for Bethany. You certainly have a lot to be proud of.
0: No doubt. The whole program, school, community should feel super pumped for what they accomplished.
1: Yeah, and uh, rightfully so. Uh, these young ladies, the coaching staff, the community will remember this moment for a long, long time to come. Um, and what is, uh, not a lot of schools get to do this, make a trip down to state finals. Uh, and the small, tiny little Bethany Christian high school from Goshen, Indiana, uh, got to experience that. So awesome. Awesome. Well done. We're so proud. Uh, Fairfield, uh, won a game that was Corey down central. Now they, they won their first state title in any sport. Uh, yeah. By by winning forty nine to forty two, now fearful won in a similar fashion that they've won all season long, which is a strong defensive effort and timely offense. And when I say timely offense, I mean the free throw line. That's where fearful uh, lived in the state finals, outscoring Corcoran uh, Central twenty five to nine at the charity stripe, and that includes going fourteen or twenty one in the fourth quarter. Now. Fairfield only actually made 10 field goals in the wow. entire game, but that was enough after Lady Falcon's stingy defense did the job. Now, Fairfield led just 25-24 at halftime. And, uh, if you're a Falcon fan, you're probably feeling really nervous at that point. Um, but Corey Nine scored just two points in the third quarter. Senior Bailey Willard hit a three-pointer to start the fourth quarter that gave Fairfield their biggest lead of the game at 35-26. Now, Corey Dunn would respond to that by going on a run of their own, a 9-2 run to close the gap to 38-35, but that was as close as they would get the rest of the way. Bria Garber led the Lady Falcons with 19 points, uh, and she also won the Mental Attitude Award.
0: Wow. Congrats to the Falcons. You know, if you, if you glanced at the team stats, they were pretty even, kind of like what you mentioned. They lived at the line... And they shot 71%. So, what a big moment for this program, school, and community. It was neat to see the final seconds tick off. Was, the video is making this, the rounds on social media. Congrats to both programs. Extremely exciting time for both schools.
1: Absolutely. You know, my former college roommate, my other one, other than you, yeah. uh, my former college roommate, uh, my freshman year, He's a Fairfield Falcon, uh, and he immediately tapped me out of the game. <laughs> he's like, We're state champ, we're state HM? champ, and uh, you know, it was just a really cool moment. And of course, yeah. I congratulate him, and, and you know, he's on uh, you know, mountain uh, mountaintop right now, but uh, yeah, fearful Falcon, state champs. Uh, uh, let's look at now that the girls' basketball season is over, let's do our top five moments in the girls' basketball season, starting with number. Five, Nevaeh Foster scoring her 2,243rd point of her career as, as, uh, at her last game in the sectional uh, against Tipping Valley. 21st all-time in Indiana high school basketball history. Wow. How about that? Uh, fourth, our top fourth moment. Uh, Rashandra Jones in the running for Miss Basketball. Uh, here are her stats, 553 points, 106 rebounds, 127 assists, and 119 steals. Wow. Uh, not too many girls basketball players can say that they've done that. So yeah. that's our fourth moment of the basketball season. Our third moment in our top five list is Bethany Christian going to their first state championship game in school history. The second moment is Washington going 27-1 to beating the number one team in Illinois and Michigan as well as beating several top teams in Indiana. Uh, And then our number one moment of the girls basketball season should come to no surprise. (laughs) Fairfield Falcons winning the 3A state championship. So those are our top five moments in the girls basketball season. Okay, let's talk about topic number three um you know in, in this show there's a whole lot to talk about and yeah. so there's just too much to talk about so we don't get to talk about everything uh but we do want to recognize uh there were other winter sports that had their state championships in the last week or so so let's recognize some of those including boys swimming state finals and uh, a lot of people don't realize this, but South and Riley actually finished sixth at the state finals. Oh. Uh, Penn was eighth. So, congratulations to Riley High School and Penn High School for their boys swimming teams, uh, making the top 10 at the state finals. Now, the girls swimming state finals we had three local teams Penn finished third, Concord sixth, and Wallacey seventh. Now, Penn had a State champion Lillian Christensen won the 100 freestyle swimming race at a time of 48.59 seconds. So congratulations to Lillian uh, and the Penn girls swimming team for an outstanding season to all our swimmers in this area. We also want to recognize uh, we had several state uh, uh, wrestlers that uh, went to the state finals from this area um, none of them won but uh, you know just congratulations to all of those state qualifiers
0: yeah for sure
1: okay so let's do topic number four college basketball NAIA Division 1 Aaron let's start off with IUSB
0: yeah, what a week for the Titans. They win the CCAC Tournament Championship and punch their ticket to the NAI tournament. And this actually makes it three tournament titles over the last four years. Wow.
1: Uh, so IOSB had two tough wins yeah. to be Conference Tournament champions. That first round game, I kind of surprising to me how close that was. Yeah. Uh, but... Uh, they made it. Miles Tracy has a chance to be fourth all time for career blots at IUSB. Danielle Meredith and Miles, uh, both are in the IUSB's one thousand point club. Uh, head coach Scott Cooper is actually 1824 twenty four in the past four years. He deserves a lot of credit for turning IUSB Men's Basketball into a consistent winning program. Yeah. The NAIA tournament format looks a little bit different this year than what we're accustomed to. Uh, they're going to have several sites that will host rounds one and two. Now, in years past, uh, the NAIA tournament would be hosted at one centrally located site, and all the rounds will be played there. Uh, mm. But this time, they've selected several different locations for the first two rounds. Uh, in fact, Grace College is one of those hosts for the men's tournament, and Indiana Tech in Fort Wayne is going to be a host for the women's side. Uh, now, I it, this is interesting. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how you feel about this, Aaron, but IUSB uh, kind of being disrespected by the uh, pollsters in NIA. Yes. They have not; they don't even have one single vote in the <laughs> top twenty-five for a team that just won their conference. Tournament and the regular season.
0: Yeah, that's a little surprising for sure. I think it's because they, I think they were ranked in the early part of the season. They kind of had those, had a few losses against a tougher competition, but okay. they were pretty steady all year though. They, they did a nice job.
1: Well, you know, the CCAC is just gonna have to perform in the tournament to, I yeah, guess, get some true. more
0: respect. So.
1: Um, you know, you know who does have respect That's the Crossroads League. Uh, but thinking of Crossroads League, Bethel University lost to Marion 81 and 70 in the uh conference tournament. Uh, so that ends uh, their probably their hopes to get an AIA um, automatic qualifying bid. Uh, Bethel held a 46 30.5 trying to lead the Knights, however, their defense. The pilot to just 24 second half points. Nathan Ertz had 28 points, uh, and Drew Lutz had 21. Bethel will wait and see if they receive an invitation, probably more likely to the NCCAA tournament. Um, you know, we'll see if they can make it to the NAIA.
0: Yeah,
1: <laughs> Notre Dame is 10 and 19 overall, they're 2 and 16 in ACC. They lost in North Carolina 63 59. Ryan. Cormat led the Irish with 14 points. North Carolina made nine more free throws than Notre Dame, which proved to be a, a big factor when you look at the stats. They were kind of equal. Uh, mm-hmm. Notre Dame lost to Wake Forest as well in this past week, 66-58. Lubin Van Allen had 19 points in the Irish. Uh, now this, this week, Notre Dame does play Pittsburgh at home and goes on the road to Clemson.
0: All right, number 17, IU, is now 20 and nine, eleven and 7 in conference play. Earlier last week, they were in East Lansing and lost to Michigan State in a pretty emotional game. It was the first game at home for Michigan State since the tragic shooting. Um, so, yeah, I thought it was pretty classy. Both schools were, you know, it was a high-intensity high game, uh, IU just couldn't. Couldn't overcome the juice that Michigan State had for obvious reasons. Uh, but later, or on Saturday night, primetime game, the Hoosiers completed the season sweep at Purdue at Mackey Arena. This is the first time they've done that since 2012 in the 2013 season, which is also the last time they won any game at Purdue. Purdue really limited the scoring impact of Jackson Davis, but IU hung in there in the first half. Jalen Hood-Shafino kept kept IU in the game with 23 of his career high 35 points in that first half. I believe this is the second most by any IU freshman in program history, and I believe Fox also had a stat about how some most points scored on the road by a freshman against a top five team. I'm not sure if that was ever or like for some time, like a few years. But anyways, you know Purdue really had trouble defending put Shafino in this game. And it was also Trey Galley had a nice game. Him and Shafino fueled a 12-0 run in the second half, which really kind of helped IU take control of this game. Yeah, Aaron, just a gutsy
1: performance by the mm-hmm. Hoosiers. You know, this kind of proves that IU is more than TJD, which is yeah. kind of a scary thought for yeah. you think for IU's opponents because Uh, And Purdue can't really say that because you know I think the question is growing larger is if it's not Zach Eady's night, uh, what's Purdue going to do? Uh, So uh, just great as a IU Hoosier fan to see IU—they play play so hard in that game. They were just relentless after getting after Purdue on offense. So. Uh, and defense. So just a, gr- a great road win for the Hoosiers. Now, uh, fifth rate Purdue, they're 24 and 5 overall, 13 and 5 in the Big Ten. Zach Eady had a double double, 26 and 16. Boilermakers went cold, shooting from the three, making just 5 or 23 shots. Uh, you know, Aaron Purdue might be in jeopardy of losing that number one seed line in the NCAA tournament. It uh, kind of feels like they might. Potentially slip to number two. What do you say about that?
0: Yeah, I think I think that's probably right. Now that now that they've lost quite a few here in a row, or not in a row, but kind of dipped in their just their overall standing nationwide. I think. Yeah. Uh,
1: So the Big Ten tournament is coming up. Uh, Purdue will have a, I believe, the double buy into the quarterfinals, right? Yeah. I think so. I have not looked at the bracket, have you? I have not. Okay, well, we'll see what happens there with the Hoosiers and the Boilermakers. Uh, I'm trying to remember the last time IU was in the Final Four of the Big Tournament, or even the title game. It's been a long time, hasn't it?
0: Yeah, I I should know, but I don't. I feel like it, it's I'm a
1: Purdue, Purdue's probably been there sooner, more recent than IU had. I'm assuming
0: that. Yeah.
1: So let, let's change gears and talk about women's college basketball. Uh, starting with IUSB.
0: Yeah. So the Lady Titans beat St. Francis on Saturday. So they're going to host the CCAC tournament championship game against IU Northwest. By the time we're hearing this episode, we'll know who, who has a, who has won and punched their ticket. For the ladies tournament or the ladies in a NAI tournament,
1: number two, Hoosiers, 26 and 2 and 16 and 2 overall. They lost today to six ranked Iowa on the road, 86 85. Iowa led for most of this game. Indiana took the lead late with the, um, uh, but the uh, buzz. I mean, I'm gonna start that over. No worries. Number two, Indiana, 26 and 2 overall, 16 and 2. They lost to. Since ranked Iowa 86 85. Iowa led for most of this game. Indiana did take the lead late, but a buzzer beater three point attempt by Caitlin Clark won the game for the Hawkeyes. Now, Chloe Moore McNeil slipped on the play who was defending Caitlin. Uh, and that led to an uncontested shot there at the end. Now, if Chloe doesn't slip, there's probably a, a more difficult shot, uh, for Caitlin, uh, perhaps even missing it. So, Uh, Just an unfortunate way to end the game for the Lady Hoosiers. Now, Indiana will await the winner of the 8th seed Michigan State Spartans and ninth seed Nebraska Cornhuskers um, in the Big Ten Tournament. Indiana is still projected to be a number one seed for the NCAA Tournament and actually received one vote for first place in the AP poll this past week. 10th ranked Notre Dame. 23-4. 23-4. Four. They're 14-3 in the ACC. They beat Georgia Tech 76-53. Notre Dame beat Louisville today 68-65 on the road. With Duke losing to North Carolina today, the Lady Irish are now ACC regular season champs the first time since 2017. The win came with a price, though, as Olivia oh, Miles injured her knee. Notre Dame already had to adjust without Mabry this season, and losing Miles could be maybe... Uh, too much for the Lady Irish. Notre Dame will know more this week if Olivia is able to compete in the ACC tournament and as well as the NCAA tournament. Now Notre Dame received a double bye into Friday's quarterfinals. Notre Dame will play the winner of North Carolina State and Syracuse. The Lady Irish are projected at a three seed and host will and will probably host their own regionals for the NCA tournament. The Purdue Boilermakers, 18-9, 9-8. They lost a stunner today to Minnesota, 77-69. Purdue is a 7th seed for the Bitchin Tournament and will face 10th seed Wisconsin this Thursday. Purdue is projected to be in the NCAA Tournament, but if they lose Wisconsin Thursday, I don't know. Things get a little bit interesting there. Yeah. Okay, let's take our second break, and when we return, we'll talk about Nigerian Tuggle recruiting.:
0: If you are enjoying our podcast and want to donate, please find the donation link in our show notes. Any donation, no matter how small, will make a big difference in helping us bring you better quality podcast shows.
1: Welcome back to the One Aaron Show. Let's talk about topic number five, and uh, Aaron, uh, how about Nitro? <laughs> the guy is, is loading on the recruiting yeah. I have It's very impressive here. Uh, the list keeps growing by the week. In fact, here's some of the big names on that list that have official offered uh, Nitro. Auburn, Cincinnati, Colorado, Florida, Georgia, Miami, Ole Miss, Penn State, and Wisconsin- Of course, both Indiana and Purdue have already offered him as well. According to 247 Sports, Nitro is the 71st ranked wide receiver nationally and the 8th
0: best recruit in Indiana. Wow, exciting times for Northwood, for our area. You know, he has a lot of options. It's going to be interesting to see what route he goes here.
1: Yes, hopefully he stays in-state. Of course, I'm biased. Hopefully he pits the Hoosiers. (laughs) Uh, But I... Something tells me that's probably not going to happen. <laughs> yeah. Where do you where do you think would be a good fit for him? You, you cover know, the, say, you cover the NLC more than I do.
0: Yeah, I think from what I've seen, I I'll be honest, I didn't see the SEC schools coming, but I mean he he is explosive, so uh, I think you know what? I don't know. I I if I'm him probably want to go where I'm going to be able to play. Um, yeah, I'm not quite sure. Georgia would be crazy if you went there.
1: Yeah. I mean, you get the whole experience. Uh, that is the top of the top, uh, the cream of the crop, if you will, college football. Uh, would he play immediately? Probably no. Um, he's not a five star. I think he might be a four star actually. Um, but, uh, you know, he would have a, uh, the ability to uh, climb the, the depth chart there. Yeah. Um, like you said, if you want to play, if he wants to play right away, maybe he picks uh, a school like a Cincinnati, perhaps, mm-hmm. uh, maybe an Indiana Purdue, perhaps, or some yeah. of these smaller schools that are going after him. Uh, of course, we didn't even list the entire list there. Akron, Akron's on that list. Um, there were a couple other schools. But uh you know, uh, I, I think he needs to go to a school that is going to pass the ball. Like, I wouldn't go to Wisconsin. You're just going to block. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I wouldn't go there. Uh, I'd go to Ole Miss. they got an offense that uses, you know, the wide receiver core. Uh, Miami, uh, passing. You know, you think, you think of, like, Florida, passing. Uh, yeah. So,
0: you know. Colorado, yeah, Colorado, like, being coached by Deion Sanders. That would be interesting.
1: Yeah, prime time. Uh what a what a class he secured uh for the Buffaloes. Uh, yeah. exciting exciting time for the program Colorado. I can't wait to see. Like how fast can Colorado be like uh, college football playoff material. Yeah, that'd be I wouldn't think this year. Yeah, but probably not. Twenty twenty four when it goes to twelve teams. <laughs> Punch <laughs> your ticket, Colorado football. Yeah. You know, it'll be interesting to see what the Pac-12 does and Colorado does with the new TV deal. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, how many of those schools are going to flee the Pac-12? You think of, like, uh, the, the best programs in there still, like Washington, Oregon. Do they go to the Big Ten? Uh, does Colorado, Utah, you know, Arizona, Arizona State go to the Big 12 like I've been hearing? Uh, mm. So we'll see. It'll be interesting. Yeah. Can you tell Aaron that it's been a while since we talked about college football? <laughs> yeah.
0: You know what? It's always a good time to talk it though. <laughs> yes, sir. You're right about that.
1: Okay, uh it's time for our final topic. The topic that I always look forward to, that is the NBA Bulls and Pacers with our NBA expert, Aaron. Go ahead.
0: All right, so both the Bulls and Pacers I think are Pushing for the play-in spot, we'll see how the next 10 games go or so. But start with the Bulls, who are now 28-33. Half game back of 10th seeded Washington Wizards. So Chicago started their week back from all-star break with two wins. They trounced the new-look Nets, 131-87. to 87. They were actually up by 50 at one point in that game. And then more recently, they beat the Wizards by 20 Both games featured DeRozan and Levine getting their buckets, 20-plus scoring. Other important storylines for the Bulls this past week is that they signed a former Chicago high school player, Patrick Beverly. So the hometown kid comes back, and he was already talking about um, helping to eliminate the Lakers, his former team, as the Bulls will face the Lakers at least twice, or two times before the end of the season. thought that was pretty funny. Already he's talking. Um, and also, a little bit more sad of news, they announced that Alonzo Ball is shutting down his comeback attempt this season. He is, still has lingering knee pain. Uh, that's been after two knee surgeries this past year. And it's kind of been probably the biggest need for the Bulls is the point guard spot. So, you know, we'll see how how this how the bulls shake out the remaining twenty so twenty so games here. And then the Pacers are 27 to 35, 12th place. Uh, they you know they look really competitive against the Celtics. We were texting about this game actually. Miles Turner scored forty points helped the Pacers take the Celtics into overtime um, but they they ended up losing that game. They did, however, beat Orlando on the road. Uh, they won 121-108. to Miles Turner had 24 on that one. Tyrese Halliburton had a double-double with 15 points and 14 assists. You know, it kind of feels like the Pacers will be trying to make a push for that 10th 10, 10 seed or play-in spot the next 10 or so games. You know, it seems like what Coach Carl is doing is playing some of the veterans to see if they can actually win, kind of build on what they did earlier this year. But that doesn't go well. I could see them kind of shutting people down possibly and try to get the best draft they can, kind of like what we've already talked about. All no, right. The, no. yeah, go I'm ahead. sorry.
1: The, the Bulls won today. They beat the Wizards. So. Oh, they did. Yeah. yeah. Uh So I don't know where... Uh, Oh wait, so yeah, they beat the Wizards, so that means that uh, they might be ahead of them now. Ahead of them now, because you said they were halfway back, half game back. So, and the Pacers don't play until I think Tuesday, where they they have to go on the road to uh,
0: uh, uh, Dallas, the Mavs. Yeah, the Pacers' schedule is rough the rest of the way, so. I've been listening to some other Pacer podcasts. They, It's hard to find like at least six wins, so we'll see how that goes. Huh. <laughs> All right, let's go to the five seven four segment in the NBA. So Blake Wesley, he's getting some minutes in those uh, two games back from All-Star break. He got 21 against the Mavs. Uh, he didn't really have an efficient night nice scoring. He only scored nine points, and his team really got beat up by the new-look Mavericks, led by Luca and Kyrie Irving. And they also followed up with their 16th straight loss, that the Spurs, that is, which came against the Utah Jazz. Wesley logged another 20 minutes, but he only made one of four field goal attempts. Bright spot, he had four assists. Um, so it's cool to see him getting minutes. So the Spurs are seeing what they got in Blake Wesley. Uh, If we move on to Jaden Ivey, in his first game back from All-Star break, he led the Pistons in scoring with 25, but his team did lose to Orlando on a less second shot, I believe. And then their more recent game back, he led them an assist against Toronto with 10 assists, but the Raptors won a close one, 95-91. So not a great week for their teams, but it's cool that they're getting time and. You know Jaden Ivy's really showed people what he can do, and just about getting better each each week each game, so yeah what
1: what do you envision Blake Wesley's trajectory for the rest of the season like what what's an honest, reasonable expectation for
0: Blake for his first n b a season I think it's just what he's kind of doing right now, getting like maybe a seventh, eighth, ninth man off the bench. Um, I don't think, I mean, he can possibly start the rest of the way, but I don't think it'll take some time for him to get to that level unless there's injuries, of course. But, you know, I think, I think he's showing that he can, he plays hard and can do a little bit of everything. He just has to get better with his shot and probably his, uh, decision-making like any rookie. So. Sounds good. All right. Well, this is fun. Uh, We thank you for listening to our show. Uh, Tune in next time as we discuss more local college and pro sports.